podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to this week's Spurs show. Uh, despite there being no Premier League football, we're, we're here to discuss mainly Tottenham stuff in and around the World Cup. Uh, joining me tonight, my co-host, Theo Delaney. How are you, Theo? I'm good. I'm, I'm immersed in football. The way it, that's good. just the way I like it. You're not boycotting it, no? Well, oh God, are we going to get on to all that? Probably. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, no, I'm not boycotting it. I'm watching all the football, but um, that doesn't mean I'm in, in favour of uh, homophobia and uh, no workers' rights, etc. Well, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about all that shortly. Also joining us is the football agent, Simon Dent. How are you, Simon? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Um, Good. Game. Lovely. Yeah, lovely to have you uh, back. And our man in Doha, Qatar, the voice of doom, Robert Eason. How are you, Rob? <laughs> I'm the voice of uh, Doha tonight. And um, uh, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I've just got back from the England game and, and very buoyant. And you're staying in the Argentinian team hotel, I believe. I am. Yes, I'm here now and there's lots of uh, fans everywhere. Obviously uh, getting excited. Argentina kick off tomorrow. Um, so pre-evening pre, pre uh, uh, evening before. Um, so there's a lot of fans here. Rob, I think you've been, you've been to every World Cup since what, 98? 90. Since 90. 90. Okay. Yeah, 90. So, yeah, um, 90. what um, give us your impressions so far? You've been out there for a few days now? Yeah, no, I've been, I came, I went to Dubai first um, because we were told like a lot of fans were going to be based there. Um, and my, my I, I didn't really see that. So, we came to Doha quite quickly. Um, and it was very, very, very eerie and quiet. I mean, everywhere we went, it was kind of empty. Um, hotel lobbies were empty and um, band zones were empty and I kind of thought oh my god everyone's right this isn't this isn't gonna happen and in the last two days it has absolutely exploded I mean everywhere I go is packed Um, the lobbies are full hotels are full Um, uh, roads are packed jam-packed with traffic jams Um, and there is a real vibe um, and I really feel like I'm at a proper World Cup um, and I've been to the opening game um, and the England game today so two games in two days and I have to say apart from maybe some traffic issues getting to the stadium the, the, the vibe at the stadiums it's been absolutely amazing great atmosphere really well organised pre-match entertainment half-time entertainment um, obviously, we've seen goals galore. What are tickets going for, Rob? Because I believe the England game, there was 35,000 people there in a 68,000 yeah. stadium. Why is that? No, that's incorrect. You charge Completely. too much, Rob. Is that why? People <laughs> no, can't no, afford no, your tickets. I, <laughs> I wish I could. But actually, that, unfortunately, like most of this World Cup, there's been a lot of misinformation. It's a 45,000-seater stadium, and it was full. I mean, apart from maybe a little bit of VIP kind of dignitary areas that were empty. The whole stadium was full. Right. And what 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 are the ti- what were the fa- what are the tickets going for? So if England fans coming in who want tickets, what what's kind of what's what's it going on in the secondary market? What's the what's the demand? Um today it, um the England game was about 300ish which is kind of good good 
price for, for a World Cup game, but England USA is already hitting 400, 450, 500. So the England games now uh, are pushing up good money, but Argentina games are seven, 800. Argentina, Mexico is 1200. So some games are making big prices. Obviously, like I can, I just saw Holland and Senegal, which was on TV and there were some empty seats. There's going to be some games which aren't selling, but let me tell you, I think there's going to be a whole load of group games which are selling really well. Spain, Germany is really well in, selling well. Um, England's next game is really selling well. All the Argentina, Brazil games are selling well. Um, and all the quarterfinals, semifinals and finals are completely, completely sold out. Wow, amazing. Theo, let, 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 let's turn to you. Um, uh, I mean, we've got to start with England. I mean, extraordinary. Uh, I don't, none, none of us saw that coming. Brilliant, brilliant display. Yeah. He went from his negativity to going through it, which all fans have been crying for, admittedly against very, very poor opposition. Um, but you've got to be pleased with that performance. Yeah, I thought they played brilliantly. I thought, yeah, he set the team. I think what, but I think to, in fairness to Southgate, what he's always done, people keep saying, oh, why is he playing three at the back? Why is he playing three at the back? He's so negative. He's always uh, in the past switched between the two, depending on the opposition. And if you're playing Iran, who are not that great and don't, and only play one up front, You'd be mad to play three centre-halves. When he plays someone really good, he might go back to three centre-halves. And and it's important to be able to play both systems well, depending on the opposition. He did the right thing today. That was good to see. And it just worked literally from the first minute. They just looked good, didn't they? They looked fluid, confident. They looked like a team. Something. I think the co-comment that was Gina said, they looked like a club side, which is as good a compliment as you can play. And I suddenly thought... I I didn't think this team was a real contender for this tournament simply because I don't rate the defenders as individual players. And then I realised, as this game went on, that doesn't really matter. If you've got a defensive unit that is used to playing as a unit, that is a huge advantage in an international tournament. You could look at... Uh, you know, I don't know, I'm not an expert on the other, on the other big teams' back fours or back fives, but... I doubt many of them have got a unit that's played as many games together and feels as familiar with each other. So even though you might say Maguire, sure, you know, wouldn't get into a lot of other good, good sides, those good sides won't necessarily have as uh, well-oiled and well-integrated a defensive unit. And suddenly I thought, well, no one's got any worries about the midfield and the attack. And if the defence actually can prevail on that basis, we've got a chance here. So yes. I am getting carried away. It's official. <laughs> Simon, I mean, what's interesting is, um, bizarrely, Iran ranked 20 in the FIFA rankings. And historically, you know, Rob mentioned 1990 onwards. Historically, England have always struggled in the first game. Uh, I think we did well in the last World Cup. But historically, it's always a sort of stodgy start. Um, obviously, we haven't peaked too early. It's obviously a concern. But it has been a really good start, which is a little bit unusual historically, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a great start. And I think that what we haven't had in the last 15, 16 months is that feel-good factor running in the team. I think we all bounced out of COVID into that summer and it, and it did it to the world of good, didn't it? Obviously, we lost in the final. But the feeling I had today, I haven't had since probably that three minutes into that final around the England team. I think they did really well. My, my only concern, listen, is, is not being me being negative at all, is that I think, as Theo alluded to, I think that they're... The defense, we, we have the best attack in the world. I, I don't doubt that. We've got, we, you know, the Premiership, the English team has the best strikers in the world. And I think that what we don't have are the best defenders. And I, and I, 
I'm slightly concerned that when we get out of the group and get into the knockouts and we play the bigger teams who've got the really good attacks, whether we are that confident and whether we're set up in a confident manner, because I just, I just feel that that's when Southgate goes into his shell a bit. But look, it's, it's been a great start. Um, we'll, we'll definitely get out of the group now. So it's almost now working out who we're going to play in the last 16. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Rob, I mean, that's, I mean, if you kind of think that we will win our group, I think it's probably Senegal or is it Ecuador, I'm thinking? Um, I think it is possibly those teams. How far do you think England can go, Rob? Well, you come up with a good point, Mike, about about peaking too early. Um, it's not a cliche. I mean, I do think you grow in a tournament. We've come out like an absolute house on fire. Um, it does look... I mean, obviously, with that result, we, we probably will win the group. And, and um, I saw Ecuador last night. Mm, like they it. didn't. They didn't blow me away, if yeah, I'm honest. Um, could, um, and, and obviously, Senegal. I'm missing Mane. They, they, they lost to Holland tonight. Um, yeah, it looks like England will get to the quarters, and that could be France. Yes, it's looking um, like France if you think it's going to pan out. Looking like that could be the the the, the, the key game. Benzema, um, obviously. Benzema, Benzema now out of the squad, yeah, which obviously yeah, is a Benzema big plus. Benzema out of the squad. I mean, listen, I mean, if we, if this, if that, you know, if, if you know, if my mum had wheels, she'd be a trolley. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it, it's very, very difficult to, in World Cups, to, to kind of pattern your way through. I, all I'll say is, good point you made, Mike. I don't, I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, I really enjoyed the game today. I thought we were superb. And I tell you what, I thought Iran was on a bad side. They defend, I mean, their organisation at the back looked really tight in the first 20 minutes and they scored two goals. They hit the bar um, and we scored, I thought, three or four absolutely sensational goals. Um, so we played very, very, very well tonight. I, I, you, 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 you've got you've got to take it. You've got to say, look, we want that. Uh, but you know, history does show you kind of want to grow rather than hit hit, hit off too too quickly. Yeah, us Spurs fans, Theo, a little bit disappointed that Harry didn't score. Although his all-round play again was, I mean, I I, I know I'm biased, but I, and there were some great performances out there. He was still my man of the match. I just thought his movement, his bringing other players in, was so intelligent. Uh, the slight worry when he went down holding his ankle again. Yeah. But I think his ankles seem to be a little, little bit stronger than they were a yeah, couple thank, of years ago. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is the worry is that he gets an injury. But I totally agree with you. He he is the sort of guy, he could score a hat-trick and get all the headlines. But even when he doesn't score, mm. I mean, he got two great assists. Yeah. And, and But you're right, he just does so many great things. He's such an all-round asset. That little course, touch to Sterling when he was like, that I little mean, flick just beautiful, to Sterling was beautiful. Unbelievable. Yeah, because he can do every, literally do everything. He is, I mean, if he stays fit, that's the thing. We've got cover in a lot of positions, but as we all know, and there's been the case for many years, we don't really have cover at centre. Well, I think Callum Wilson's a good player, but he's not in the same class as um, Harry Kane. Harry Kane's one of the best in the very in the whole world, and Callum Wilson's one of the best in the Premier League when he's fit. And that's that's different. Um, but, oh, yeah, I agree. I think Kane was, um, was fabulous. But, I mean, everybody played well. And then all the subs came on and played well, didn't they? Yeah. Well, Rashford yeah. looked great. I mean, and he can play up front if, if Kane... Yeah, you know, it was yeah. a struggle, but um, Rashford yeah. looked great. Simon, Simon, who who do you kind of worry about? You know, if we do progress to the courses, France, I think there's a chance. I mean, we could still get Argentina. I think, depending on how the permutations go, uh, a lot of people's probably second favourites behind Brazil. Uh, but who, who concerns you if we do get into the uh, 
the, the business end of the tournament, as they say. You mean nations to play or members? Yeah, of our yeah. Team? Who would you sort of go? Oh God, we're going to struggle against this lot. Um, I mean, I think yeah, France. I think all the big boys, and I think Rio Ferdinand mentioned it on the coverage, just around the sort of the attitude of the players and and the, the sort of the, the, the big game mentality when you go up against those games, and, and what happens whether Gareth Southgate actually um, is proactive with his changes. I think it's easy in these sort of games. Well, it's not easy. It's it's a lot easier in these sort of games. Um, you know, you put three or four, six past someone, but it's. It's those games when you go one up against Italy in a final. Do you step back? Do you actually continue to step on the front foot and be proactive? And I and I just worry about that um, with England. And I think that that just comes with with your France, your Germany, your Brazil, your Argentinas. Um, I think they're the four that you, you you get past them, then 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 you're fine. And yeah. Yeah, well, look, let, let's let, let's go to a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to sort of have a quick rundown of all the Spurs players uh, to look out for, and then we'll give some uh, predictions. Back in a minute. Get all the latest World Cup headlines and bite-sized opinion on the World Cup Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith and a rotating lineup of contributors from the world of football and entertainment as they dissect all the big talking points in one small package. Whether it's bringing you reaction to the games, fallout from a bad managerial decision, or just the latest scandal to engulf the host nation, the World Cup Whistleblowers Daily Podcast will be covering it concisely every weekday of the tournament. Search for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. We're back from the break. Don't forget, after the World Cup uh, and before the football season starts again on Boxing Day, we've got our brilliant Christmas show again at the 100 Club with special guest Paul Robinson, our ex-keeper and someone who played, obviously, for England uh, in the World Cup as well. Go to baletto.co.uk or click the ticket link description of the show. We've made tickets as cheap as we possibly could in these difficult times. I think it's uh, 20 quid for a seat, reserved seat, and 17, 17 50 for standing. So come along. You can also come to all our monthly events. Our next one after that in January uh, should be a game with Jerry Armstrong. Uh, I ex- famously scored that extraordinary goal against Spain for Northern Ireland in the 82 World Cup. So he's going to be a fantastic guest. It, it works out much cheaper just to get a season ticket and come to all the monthly events. Go to season.spurshow.net. Um, and uh, just to remind you, I think I'm on the next one well, tomorrow. Uh, our sister show, the World Cup panel show, Never Write Off the Germans, is, is started. I think I'm on the next show and Theo's on the next one. Go and check those out. Really funny and sort of more the sort of funny look at... Uh, what's going on the World Cup, continuing with our daily news show and explain interviews and documentaries, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Next week, myself and Theo, we've got uh, Tottenham royalty, Richard Blancheflower, son of Danny Blancheflower, and Andrew Wilson, who you might have seen, but had on the show a while back, has done some wonderful film footage around Terry Medwin and Cliff Jones for ITV. And obviously, there's been so much great Cliff Jones interviews with uh, Robert Page and Gareth Bell, and I know Andrew's Got a lot to do with that, so it'll be interesting next week hearing all the background stories to that. Rob, um, where are people going? I know you've only been there for a few days, and obviously there is this last-minute alcohol ban at the stadium. The last-minute um, 
FIFA coming down on England, unable to wear the One Love armband. So a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Have you picked up any of those things yet? Have you seen anyone heavy-handed and around the grounds yet? Or is it sort of, you said before, just seems to be, you know, fun at the moment for the fans? No, I've, I've not seen anything like that. Total mm-hmm. party atmosphere. DJs around the stadium, people partying, people from all different nations, obviously very heavily weighted towards people from this area, this region, um, who, I mean, the vast majority don't drink anyway. Um, I went in a lounge today. I, I could drink in the lounge. I'm in a hotel now. I can drink. Um, isn't that difficult? If, I mean, I'm not a drinker as such, but not not difficult to get a drink if you want one. Um, so I don't know why they kind of become, make such a big deal about it. I mean, actually, it's more pleasant. I mean... I was actually coming out of the stadium tonight and it was just refreshing. There was no trouble. No one yeah. drunk and disorderly. People wouldn't dare. <laughs> well, no, nobody nobody um, yeah. stumbling over, mm. puking up. You know, I mean, it was just really nice atmosphere. People dancing, people singing, and um, completely contrary to some of the media things that I read. And I don't know whether you're going to get on to talk about that, but... Well, you I mean, know, it, but the, it happened. But, Robert, the, the happened, media but, stuff I'm reading is is yeah. just absolutely ridiculous. But it happens. But Robert, so, it happens every World Cup. If you just take the politics out of the football for a side, 2018 Russia, everyone said don't go. They're hooligans. They're violence. Hmm. Everyone said it was a great World Cup for the fans. Even that one. Russia was a great World Cup, and you know, it's when we when we lose a bid on something, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, we we want to be negative and play everything down. I think it's so unfair. I mean, I, we'd hate it, wouldn't we? If we held a competition and then every nation or other nations were just slagging us off. Look how we handled the European Championship final. It was the most disgusting, disgraceful match I've ever been to, ever in my entire life. It was I was I was stepping on broken bottles. I had bottles thrown at me, police charging people, people drunk taking cocaine. It was disgusting. We should never be given a final again. You know, and here we are, like completely cussing this this country I mean like I'm I don't like I say I don't know what you're gonna get into in terms of you know controversy here but all I can talk about is football and so far I've been to two matches and they've been absolutely fantastic. Mm. Well I mean you know Theo you know there's no point in going over all we all know the Qatar human rights uh Travis's we all know um all the awful things about it. And and we knew that when they won the bid, you know, it, it boils down to, Rob knows some of these characters, he's dealt with them over the many, many years. We know there's certain FIFA delegates that were bribed. Well, you know, it's come out they were bribed to win this bid. Uh, Infantino with this bizarre, I'm a migrant, I am this, I am that yeah. speech, which was extraordinary yesterday. Yeah. Um, but we kind of... It, should, if you go into this tournament with your eyes open and you know what's going on and, you know, the word sport washing, whatever, you kind of, surely you can't be surprised by anything. I'm not, not, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying, oh, it's okay. I think it's disgusting. No. Yeah. And they should never have had this World Cup. Let yeah. me say that. It's, it's ridiculous. They should never have got it. But yeah. they got it. Um, as a football fan, you know, I know some people refuse to watch it and that's their prerogative. Yeah. Uh, but, but we're, we're it, watching it. It's like, to me, it's our game and it's our World Cup fans and, and football people all over the world. So this this state has come along and used its untold wealth to buy it corruptly. They've bought our World Cup. So I'm not going to not watch the World Cup because these sods have come and nicked it. I'm not going to allow that to happen. But at the same time, 
uh, it provides us with an opportunity to let these people understand that it is not acceptable to persecute people on the basis of their sexuality and to mistreat uh, migrant workers in a disgusting way. So I don't. I think you can watch the World Cup, but I think we're duty bound to highlight those things. And people say, well, you, you know, we knew all this years ago. Why can't everyone shut up and concentrate on the football? This is the best time to be saying this stuff because the whole world's looking at Qatar. This is the best time to be highlighting it because this is the time to amplify it. So I think um, I'm going to enjoy the football. Uh, it's really important to say that not all Qataris are wankers. I mean, any more than uh, all, all British people are wankers because we've had some dodgy governments. And I agree totally w- with what Rob said about that, uh, about the um, debacle, which was the final of the Euros a couple of years ago or last year, only last year. So, you know, I think it, we, we, we've got to be careful about being holier than now. But the persecution of people on the basis of who they choose to love is is just you can't allow that to you can't just turn a blind eye or say oh well some people that, that you know people are have their well, it's, own it's, traditions it's, it's, you it's, have a, lot about, it's a lot sorry, about it's sorry, a lot sorry, about sorry, sorry i'm going to step in all right uh, first of all we, we should be talking about football i don't know why politics is entering this arena because of, why it's being hijacked by certain groups and by certain um, political factions i find really, really um, unpleasant because I'm here to watch football. Look, we rub shoulders with countries who are uh, extortionist uh, criminals um, against uh, the LB- LGBT community. We rub shoulders with these countries all the times we yeah, go but when you say we, not, no, not we, fo- Britain, football fans. We, Britain, yeah, but I'm not, we, Britain. Yeah, but that's the British government. Don't, don't, yeah, the British don't, don't government are very happy with the to British go into government. an Olympics game, Olympic Games, and rub shoulders with these nations and participate with them and 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 play matches against them. Yeah, Quite but it's really important that. that we call it out. Yeah, and I we think don't call it out. We don't call it out when all of a sudden we're 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 running in a hundred meters and there's a country that might have a yeah. But that uh, doesn't mean we shouldn't call it out now. Yeah, the but, 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 but 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 all of a sudden, but, oh, hold on a second. You're talking about human rights, right? 360 people died on British building sites last year because yeah, but, of the but, but, Robert, I don't know what point are you, are you saying because that of all that have. we shouldn't talk about human rights because we have problems ourselves. Well, no, but you're, you're, you're talking about human rights when you're talking about migrant workers who died building stadiums when we have 300, 400 people a year dying on our building sites because the scaffolding isn't part properly because they're, they're treated with yeah, such... Are you saying um, we shouldn't talk about conditions. the Qatari ones because we have we've people dying people, on... We've got, we've got, we've but got what's your people point? who are having to... We're having, we've got people that have to go to food banks in Great Britain yeah, right? but Rob, can't feed tell us what your point is. We know all rights. this. We are against well, all of that. Well, why don't you call it out? Why we do you call it out. We do call it out. We don't but celebrate it. Why, why are you not calling out? Why are you not calling out Britain during the European are. Championships saying, how Britain got the human uh, got, got, got European Championships when they've got builders that are dying Be, listen, on, on Rob, building sites? Two questions. And people uh, food are food Are you equating our policies on things like gay rights and workers' rights with Qatar. Are you saying they're the same? i tell you what, I was in Brazil, were you? I was at the Brazil World Cup, were you? Oh, why you don't what, you I answer the kids, question? I, Are I you saw, saying we're saw, the same as Qatar? I'm answering it. I'm going to answer it. I'm going to answer it. Brazil were corrupt and got the uh, World Cup through corruption, through um, bids with FIFA, through corruption through FIFA, okay? They shoot little children there. Human rights. Rob, this I wasn't the question being, I, I asked saw, you. I saw, I saw children being shot at by police 
actually at stadiums in Brazil. God knows what it's like when there's not. A so World you're Cup. saying we shouldn't okay. call it out in yeah, Qatar because yeah, it's bad Brazil. in other places. Yeah, we love Brazil. Are you a saying samba. we shouldn't call it out now, we, though? You didn't call out Brazil. Why are you calling out Qatar? So does that mean... You don't know what I called out, by the way. But are you saying because people didn't call out Brazil, they are not allowed to call out Qatar? Is that what you're saying? Uh, Listen, people are allowed to do what they want. I just think it's hypocritical that you call out Qatar, but you don't call out Brazil when they have a shocking human rights record, when they're corrupt... So right now everyone should shut up and just swallow it and just accept that there's homophobia. Listen, I believe in free speech and I believe in everybody's opinion. And and I and I'm 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 against their their um uh policies here on on, on gay issues. But you just totally don't think we should talk it. about it. No, I think you should talk about it, but I don't I think you shouldn't be hypocritical and only talk about it when it's in this country and not talk about it when it's in Brazil and not talk about England's human rights records and England's and England's corruption. Rob, I take England's Rob, I take your point. I take your point. There's some journalists out there who are slagging off guitar who maybe haven't brought up those things, but us as individuals all have. Simon, just moving the, the, along. Simon, obviously, you've worked in football and worked with many brands for many, many years. So do you, what's your take on stuff that's happened in the last couple of years? If you were advising Budweiser, let's say you were the middleman and you did the deal, <laughs> brought in FIFA and Budweiser, a lovely multi-million pound deal, and then you get the call two days before the World Cup to go, um, um, slight problem. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? And talk about the Qataris have flexed their muscles and got, look, it's totally their prerogative. You know, it's their country and they've decided, you know what, we don't want alcohol around the ground. And they've kind of deliberately maybe left it to the last minute so nothing can be done. You know, do you, do you think they should be handed the bill? That, uh, or what do you think, how this is going to pan out? Interesting. From a sort of talent and a brand point of view, it's definitely been the, the quietest major tournament I've been involved with. Usually in the sort of months leading up, you'd be, you know, introducing talent to brands, you'd be shooting content, you'd be, you know, shooting ads, you'd be, it'd be a really busy time. But actually, I've noticed it's been really quiet. Now, whether that's because of the, the time of year, whether that's because of the, 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 the what we've just been talking about, I do think it's a mixture of both. I think one of the, the, the big issues actually is, and Theo will know about this as well, is actually the the cost of advertising at this time of year is a lot more expensive anyway because it's Christmas and it's a very competitive space. So brands just don't have the budget to activate around Christmas and the major tournament at the same time. So that's a big reason. But but actually, with regards to what's happened to Budweiser, of course it's a massive um, sponsorship. But the reality is Budweiser were never sponsoring the World Cup to shift booze. It, you know, for them, it was never a tournament where they're expecting what Germany or England or France with regards to, you know, porridge rights and porridge sales. So, yeah, it's it's not great, but actually for an organisation such as ABM Bev, it's, it's water for ducks back, I would have thought. Right, interesting. Look, let, let's let's just move uh, back to the football and, and obviously Tottenham. We've obviously seen Harry Kane Hooray! and Dark coming on. Uh, tonight, uh, we obviously see Ben Davis, Joe Rodon, and I, you know, I'm going to include Gareth Bale in that uh, as a Tottenham legend. They face the USA tonight. Uh, Hugo Lloris, uh, France's, they've got Denmark, Tunisia, and Australia. Therefore, Hugo Lloris will be free, um, facing Pierre Emile Holbier in that group uh, Denmark, France, Tunisia, and Australia. Ivan Perisic, uh, Belgium, Canada. Morocco, Richarlison, we mentioned Brazil there. Brazil, Serbia, Cameroon, Switzerland. Rodrigo Benton Kerr will be facing Hominson, South Korea, Portugal, and Ghana. 
son, obviously, uh, in that group as well. Uh, we've just seen um, Papa Matazar's team losing 1-0 against Holland. Extraordinary to see Vincent Janssen yeah. leading the line for Holland. He, yeah. Him and Bergwijn both came off in the yeah. second half. Um, and then finally, um, my tip, uh, Argentina, uh, Romero uh, in the group with Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. Rob, um, we kind of suspect England and we hope Wales will get through in that group. Uh, maybe USA could be the one that, that, that could maybe finish there. The uh, France, Denmark, Tunisia and Australia group. Do you see France and Denmark coming through that group? Or do you think there could be a surprise in that one? No, I don't think it'll be a surprise. I, th- I think France are one of the probably well, they are the favourites to win the World Cup for good reason. They've got some of the greatest players in the world playing for them. Um, France are an absolute certainty for me, and I think Denmark. You know, they 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 they've got a very strong side. I don't think Australia and Tunisia have got anything really to to, to damage them with. So no, I'd, I'd definitely go with those two on that one. Um, but it's interesting that you know how many of our players are committed to this World Cup um, and how that may affect our, you know, re-entry into the Premier League. Um, actually, what's quite interesting is is that I bumped into um, Smith Rowe from Arsenal in um, Dubai. He's training. Um, and Arsenal have got two friendlies in, in Dubai. Have they? Um, one against Lyon and one against AC Milan. Right. Um and I think obviously they, they you know, they, they've probably got less. I, I think have they? I may be uh, wrong, they've got, I, I they've got. They've got. I think they've got about nine in the tournament. We're not doing right, any okay. uh, warm weather training. Literally, the Tottenham players still at the club had a week off, but I believe that's been changed now. They've got two yeah. weeks off, which wow. I think makes makes I, sense. Premier League CEO last week, and he's got his. Um, you'll be able to work him out. They've only got one player at the tournament, and they've only given their players a week off. And they've got a new manager. So he said it's worked out very well that they're going to have four weeks as a group with missing only one player. Perfect. Uh, which is incredible, really. Yeah. And think how the the league table. So there's two clubs, I believe, that have got only one player at the tournament. So there's one Southampton, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, and the other one's Palace. And right, okay. The Southampton struggling mm-hmm. four weeks together, pretty much the whole group. How different that's going to be from someone mm. like Man, got fourteen players away. It's like it's like a longer than a preseason, uh, yeah. Yeah. preseason yeah. Uh, get so together. We really see. I mean, I don't think we'll see a seismic shift in, in teams' forms, but you'll certainly see the benefits of having the team together for mm. a long period. Absolutely, Theo. Let's let's look with Richarlison. Uh, we assume, hopefully, we'll start their group: Serbia. Cameroon and Switzerland. Uh, Rob mentioned France being the favourite. I think the bookies' favourite is Brazil. Mm. Um, they should get out of that group. Who do you think will get out of that group with them? Well, uh, Serbia, maybe. Uh, what was the other one? Cameroon? Switzerland and Switzerland and Cameroon. Switzerland, I think, my dark horses. Switzerland always do well in the yeah, tournament. Switzerland, mm. uh, I, I think that, that looks like three quite ordinary teams. So any, any one of those three could, I would say, could get out of the group with Brazil. Brazil obviously are special. I, I, I think Brazil and, yeah, I think Brazil and Argentina look mm. like the best teams. I, 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 I would have said France, but France have lost a lot of players. They've lost Kante. They've lost Pogba. Um, Pogba and now mm-hmm. they've lost Benzema. Yeah. Uh, so, and they've also someone said recently that apparently Arsene Wenger always used to say the team with the best goalkeeper wins the tournament. Well, France have got Larice. So, 
you know, on on recent showings, I'm not sure that 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 would make me put any money on them. Um, I think what about, should cruise out that group and then. What about uh, Benton Curve, Uruguay, Homan Sun, South Korea, Portugal, and Ghana? I think that's a really tough group. Yeah, that yeah, looks very competitive. Portugal have, yeah, Portugal have got an incredible side. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, I, I don't know if everyone is playing them up, but I mean, on paper, what a side. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went to see Argentina play the other night against UAE. And again, I mean, they look really strong all over the pitch. And Foyth played, actually, right back. Right. Um, I'm not sure he'll start. But um, but they look strong all over the pitch. Yeah. And obviously, and then, they got messy. Then, obviously, we've seen um, already a game with the Qatar... Ecuador, Senegal, we've seen two games in Holland, probably Holland and one other. And then finally, Theo, uh, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. Who do you think will come out of that group with, we assume, Argentina? Possibly Mexico, mm. perhaps better acclimatised than uh, Poland. Saudi Arabia have been whipping boys, haven't they? If that's not an unfortunate term to use in the mm. context of the... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I actually saw Saudi Arabia in uh, in t- Japan in 2002. Get absolutely had the floor wiped with them by Ireland. Robbie Keane in Ireland. Right. Uh, they never they never get anywhere. I think uh, so. Poland and Mexico, but will normally bring decent sides. And of course, Poland have got Lewandowski. But you just mm-hmm. feel like maybe Mexico will benefit from being used to playing in these sorts of conditions. I would. Say. Massive support. Mass, mass, yeah, they always support. have massive support, don't they? They are the biggest following here by far. Mm. Wow. So they, they, they will literally, I would imagine, fill the whole stadium. Rob, obviously, it, you know, it, it's a winter a World Cup because uh, temperatures can get 50 degrees in the summer in Qatar. But it's it's still pretty hot there now, isn't it? And I believe some of the stadiums have air con pumped in. Have yeah, it's, that, yeah? It's, pretty, it's pretty hot. Um, but so far, the matches, I mean, England's game today was fairly cool. If I'm honest, it was like a nice summer's day in, in May, uh, and the, the evening games is actually quite chilly. I mean, last night it was actually quite chilly. Um, so the evening games, no problem at all. Um, humidity isn't a problem here. The daytime early kickoff, uh, obviously England was four, so it kind of died down. I'd say one o'clock. I haven't seen a one o'clock. I'm going to Argentina tomorrow, which right. is one o'clock. Yeah, there's an early one as well. There's an early one tomorrow. That's the early one. So I'd say that's. Hmm going to be a little bit hotter mm. um i've got to be honest though it's not ferocious by any means i mean um i haven't had one day i've been two weeks in the region in dubai and, and uh, qatar and i it's really not been that 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 oppressive but where are most so, fans staying rob because if, if you are someone who's got tickets for various games throughout the tournament um, have you seen any of these sort of strange, they've got the QE2 there no, and uh, no, container, no. basically, rooms? No. And, and again, you know, all this, there's no hotels and you can't do this. And you got, I mean, I've got a hotel, really reasonably priced, really nice hotel. Um, I'm actually staying in this Argentina one at a decent price, um, which, is a, which is a five-star hotel, but I got it kind of through a deal. Um, no, there's hotels. I mean, it's really, really simple. I mean, you know, you've been to World Cups with me, Mike. I'm, I think yeah. we're, we're in Germany together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to, I mean, God almighty, Brazil. I went from Sao Paulo down to, uh, you know, through the Amazon to, you know, God knows where, um, Manis. Um, here, every every stadium's 45 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, you just, I mean, they're all dotted around 
Doha. Within an hour. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to Argentina tomorrow, come back, and I'll go to Mexico in the evening. Mm, I couldn't really do that in previous World Cup. So, um, I don't know. I saw Gary Lineker's little rant um, before Match of the Day on YouTube yesterday. And, and I actually couldn't believe that one of the things he said was, and they've made it a Winter World Cup. Like, it's, it's something so hideously anti-football. I mean, it's wonderful to be here in the winter to watch a football match. Yeah. Um, and where do people go in the evening? What about the nightlife in Doha? Because um, we um, had Martin Lipton on the show and he sort of said, once you've been there a few days, you've kind of done it and there's nothing else to do. No, is, is that small, fair? Yeah. Or have they set yeah, more fair. things up? Yeah. No, it's fair. There's fan zones. I mean, I mean, it's very nice. Like there's outdoor, there's the old sook and there's shopping and, and, and kind of the old town bit. And then you've got, you know, there's lots of bars, restaurants, cafes, all outdoor. I mean... It's like you're on holiday. I mean, it, you're, you're, you, you, you know, you buy the pool all day and you go out and have a nice dinner in the evening, sitting outside some cafe and, you know, nice atmosphere. So, no, lots of places to go. Um, and and all over the city, they've made it really. I mean, there's pictures of footballers on big skyscrapers and, um, you know, um, lots of World Cup bunting everywhere. And so it's an, it's got a nice feel to it. Um, you're right. I mean, like, it, it's not like culturally as rich as some of the some of the places we've been to. I mean, like, you know, Italy's World Cup. I mean, one minute you're in Rome and then you're in, you know, Naples and then Milan. I mean, it's you know, it's wonderful. But um, in that sense, no. But it's very nice in terms of climate and you know, relaxation and stuff. Yeah, cool, Theo. Let's. Uh, I mean, obviously, this might change throughout the. Uh tournament but if you had a pound to bet on the winners of the world cup who 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 would you plump for at this early stage i'm tempted to say england but i'm gonna go i'm gonna say um argentina i'm with you yeah i've I've just got a feeling simon what's your feeling if you had a pound to bet on the winner who you go for brazil brazil yeah, yeah. I, see, I haven't seen everyone saying Brazil. A lot of jealous of Brazil. I haven't seen them enough of them in recent years. Everyone said they're unbelievable, and there's there's nothing, nothing weak there. But I must admit, I haven't really seen much of Brazil play, and that's my kind of issue. But they are. I think they're like pretty much four to one, and then the next one, Argentina, is sort of like uh, five to one, six to one. Um, France and England round sevens as well. Uh, Rob, if you had a pound. Who would you who would you plump for and say be the winners of the Argentina, World Cup? Argentina, Argentina, Argentina as well. Yeah, I mean, look, as Tottenham fans, unlike most British football fans, we've always had a a, 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 a big soft spot for Argentina from from right reasons, right reasons. And and you know, we all remember we're all of an age. We all remember the '78 World Cup fondly. That meant a lot to us Spurs fans because obviously we got Ricky and Aussie from that, and uh, we've always had a connection with Argentina and always loved. Uh, Obviously, it's very different when they play England. Obviously, that goes out the window. But yeah. uh, otherwise, I, I, you know, I, we're probably the only club English club fans that have a soft spot for Argentina. Would you think that's right, Theo? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, going back to Aussie and Ricky, obviously, but Pochettino, you know, how much yes. did we love Pochettino? And now Romero could be, mm. I mean, you know, we actually, we, we kind of think he's one of the best defenders in the world. We may be about to find out how, how right we are about that. Yeah, um, it'd be an amazing final, wouldn't it? In England, Argentina. Oh, wow, that'd be something, wouldn't it? That'd yeah, be, that'd be something else. Well, look, gentlemen, thank you so much. It's been great 
uh, to talk uh, about the World Cup in the early days. Uh, as I said, we're back next week. Rob, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll get you Thanks back on uh, to get your take on it. Yeah, I'm here the whole time, uh, till the end. Fantastic. We'll definitely get you on. Simon, thank you so much for coming back on and uh, having your take on it. And Theo, thanks for uh, uh, coming on with me. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll do this again. Lovely. Until next time, we always say it, despite us not being there. Come on, you Spurs. Spurs players there anyway. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.